When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. In essence, like boarding school, what I eventually grew to love about it was that it really celebrates all-rounded people. A lot of people have preconceptions about sales. Maybe they see like Wolf of Wall Street and they Mm -hmm. think of that like shouting and mis-selling people. Maybe they think of financial crisis. Some partnerships are just never worth it. Like if you're pushing that hard, definitely like show energy, show up persuade but if you're pushing really hard maybe just stop to check sometimes and be like is this my ideal target client as you've just alluded to it always comes down to your individual financial habits and whatever the tech is whether it's cash or apple pay or whatever it is if you have bad financial habits they will i think they will seep through somehow for me what excites me about working in tech is being at the frontier of innovation it's about working with smart people who want to solve real world problems welcome to the takeoff experience where i sit down with highly driven people to talk about their journey their failures and their successes if you want to take off in your career your business, your finances, or your mindset, then this podcast is for you. Welcome back to the Takeoff Experience. We have a special guest in the building. Mary, how are you doing today? I'm amazing. How are you doing? I am good. This is like my second recording this week. So we're doing a back-to-back episode and I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm really looking forward Love it. Um, to this conversation. Um, but yeah, like, tell people, who are you? So great to be on your podcast. My name is Mary Abbasamwa. I'm super passionate about technology and how it's driving change in the financial services industry. But I would say I'm quite a multi-passionate person. I'm Mm -hmm. not only passionate about fintech, but also community building, ownership in the black community, um, generational wealth, um, art, theater, um, businesses. Yeah, so I'm interested in a range of things, but mostly fintech community building and particularly focusing on um millennials and gen z and how to help them achieve their full potential i like to do a lot of talks and um things related to that as well wow where did this interest come from (laughs) all of these interests in a lot of things especially as some would say are quite niche topics you know business i'd say fintech is probably quite niche where did that interest come from Great question. Um, I think I've just always been interested in money and how it moves around the world, whether it was because I heard my parents talking about the Naira pound exchange (laughs) rates when they were trying to buy property when I was younger, or I was just listening to Bloomberg and not really understanding most of what they were saying, or I was reading The Economist um, at university and trying to understand all the articles I was reading. I've always been fascinated with money and the economy and 
why they were developing countries and developed countries and all, how that might shift over time as well. So I think um, for me, that naturally drew me to study economics um, and to probably go into financial services and just follow where the money's starting from and being generated. Um, and then I think business has just been something that has evolved from that as well, wanting a sense of ownership for myself um, and seeing that a lot of the, I guess not only wealthy people, but people that I admired that had that kind of zeal, that proactivity, um, that imaginative um, side to them usually were business owners and entrepreneurs as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. It's always interesting to to understand where the, the interests came from. So you, you mentioned that you did uh, economies and we'll, economy and we'll, <laughs> economics. Why am I saying economy? Economics. So we'll, we'll touch back on that at, at some point. But I just wanted to understand, what. give us a bit of an insight into the day and life of Mary. So, well, it really depends. Um, but currently I lead a sales team at a B2B fintech startup called okay. Seckle. Um, and we help people launch investment apps. Um, so when you're thinking about apps that allow people to trade um, in the stock market, equities, funds, um, ETFs, um, we provide the infrastructure technology for co uh, companies to do that. Um, so investment apps or propositions or um, how all the things that you might be investing in through a financial advisor, my company provides that tech. Um, and yeah, it's been a really interesting journey learning a lot about wealth management. Um, previous to that, I used to be in consulting. Um, okay. But I think a lot of the skills are really similar. So today I spend most of my time speaking to fintech founders, looking to launch investment apps or propositions, mm -hmm. talking to them about their business, weighing out the pros and cons, what their go-to-market strategy will be. Um, and then otherwise, yeah, that looks like a lot of Zoom calls or in-person meetings somewhere in London. Uh, that looks like um, a lot of kind of workshop type sessions with people. It looks like going to a lot of networking events and conferences. So whenever people see me, they're like, oh, where are you going to next? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm chasing clients, but also just building relationships along the way. Um, and then I usually try and do some of my own side hustle stuff in the evenings or go to the gym or relax when I can as well. Wow. <laughs> You're busy, <laughs> aren't you? Like 24-7 busy. How do you get time? How much do you, how, how many hours do you sleep? Do you do you get a lot of sleep in all of this? No, but I wouldn't advocate for not getting a lot of sleep. <laughs> um maybe last night I had maybe uh like four. Four, four or five. <laughs> is that is that the lower end or is that good? That's average. Wow. But I can I can survive on limited sleep. Okay. Like I can, I know my body really well. Wow. So I can survive on limited sleep like Monday to Friday. Then I try and relax the weekends. Okay. Um That's fair. It's important to understand like what your what your body's like. Yes. I know I can't do five hours anymore. I think I'm just getting a bit too old. <laughs> I can't like, do that stop, anymore. Yeah. Seven and above is what I need. If oh, anything really? less than yeah, anything less than that, um, not that I can't do it, but I'm going to be flagging. Yeah. Right yeah, I'm going to be flagging. I'm going to be like, yeah, nah. Summer makes it super easy though, because the sunshine just comes through and you're like, well, I might as well wake up now. <laughs> that is true. That is true. That is true. So, such a very interesting story, but I just wanted to take it back um, to the beginning. So what drives you and, and why? I think I would definitely say I'm probably motivated by autonomy um, in roles that I, I guess I'm now a good number of years into my career. So mm -hmm. the things that I look for when I'm interviewing or speaking to companies or even thinking about additional projects to take on, what are the skills I'm going to gain from this? How will this make me a better person? Um, 
what yeah how can this make me a better business owner in the future um and I really like autonomous roles where that can still include like managing people but um definitely that sense of freedom to execute on a goal or various goals um but being left in my own way to get that done however it might be and I think that's attracted me to consulting because consulting is to an extent quite autonomous and especially now working in a startup but it's especially in sales is very much um kind of hit these targets or do these things and we'll leave you to it and you can work out the method to your madness um so I think I would say I'm really driven by kind of a sense of autonomy I'm quite self-motivated um I don't know if that's the like boarding school or the just like oh you went boarding school yeah oh wow I don't know what it was that Ah, another person that went to boarding school yeah this is interesting <laughs> maybe there's a correlation here yeah it does or, make you a bit like military organized or you go the other way and you just hate structure <laughs> so wait what boarding school did you go to christ hospital okay i don't know where that is where's that in west sussex okay west west sussex okay so down down south basically mm-hmm. okay and um what, what what was that like and i guess what what subjects did you study? Because I'm trying to understand the difference between that and public school and if you did anything like extracurricular. Um, yeah, I would say in essence, like boarding school, what I eventually grew to love about it was that it really celebrates all-rounded people and okay. you do you have to do sport and you have to do music and you right. have to, like I was like in band, in choir, um, playing sports to an okay level. Um like trying to excel academically as well um like it's a really at least my boarding school really focused on being a good all-rounder um if not an excellent one and it's a very driven like environment where obviously you become very independent very quickly and also you're very probably quite competitive with the other people that you not only go to school with but live with as well um so yeah I think there's a lot of like discipline that I probably learn at boarding school that I still utilize today um I'm pretty like freakishly organized (laughs) (laughs) do were you organized before or after did it teach you to be organized you think I'm trying to understand like if it helped obviously obviously it helped you to grow but do you think that there was elements of your personality that you're already an organized person you're already a driven person or it helped you to become those things it's so interesting I guess it was I was so young like I Mm. literally went from 11 to 18 so (laughs) I'm trying to remember what I was like before um but maybe I think to be fair I was a bit of a nerd in primary school so my head teacher would probably say that I had some of those traits already boarding school probably just like exacerbated it um yeah okay wow that's so it's so interesting to to hear hear about boarding school and it sounds like I had a positive effect on you and your career Mm -hmm. so going back to to university so you you studied economics what was like the first um role that you got after after university so um whilst I was at university um I really enjoyed like I chose economics because it's both qualitative and quantitative I love numbers and maths my mum was literally a maths teacher um 
And then, but I love writing essays and stories and like, I, so I wanted a degree that could have both of those things, but studying it very quickly, I realized it's so theoretical. Like you're talking about theories that are like, imagine a world with two countries and two goods. And you're like, this is not realistic at all. This is not helping me be able to read The Economist. Um, so very quickly, I was like, I just want a job. Like I want to finish this degree and I want to start working. Um, so I did. I was that crazy person that applied to loads of different companies in my first year of uni, um, did internships, investment banking, loads of different financial services companies, um, and did my last internship in my first year in consulting um, at PwC. And I just really liked it. I was in tax consulting and I was like, I don't enjoy this tax stuff, but I was working with like high net worth clients. It was really interesting. I really like the team-based nature of the work, um, the collaborative nature of the work. Um, yeah, I just really enjoyed how client-facing it was. And I knew this would be a great place for me to start my career. Great company, great brand. Um, and also a really good place that I could learn amongst other young people um, and more experienced people as well. So um, then came back the following year to do a full internship. And then in my final year, um, when I finished, wrapped up, um, went traveling for a bit and then came back and joined the graduate scheme. So my first job, full time job was in consulting, um, which was really fun. And again, I had that vision of I want to be a sponge, absorb as much as possible and think about the skills that I can learn that will make me a great entrepreneur or startup operator one day. OK, wow. So PwC. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, as a grad scheme. And I think I think I personally think is a good first place because although it's such a big organization, I feel like you get to learn from some very, very intelligent people, some very experienced people. And um, there's a structure to it as well. And I think when you are in ex when you're in ex inexperience, even if you want to be autonomous, sometimes I feel like you need structure in your learning so that you can learn a process and then maybe you add your own thing to the process or you 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 change the process. Um, okay. So that, that's very um, interesting. And then how do you talk me through like from PwC, leaving PwC to, to where you are now, like how, how that came about? Um, yeah, I was at PwC for five years. Okay. And, um, I, yeah, did some really great work, um, internal projects, working with a range of different financial services companies, banks, fintechs, insurance companies. Um, and then I started doing kind of similar kind of digital transformation work. And I was like, if I work with one more big bank that is trying to disrupt like bank, like d disrupt their whole internal procedures, like I just can't, it takes forever. They like 50% of the project gets done, it's painful. Um, and I was fortunate to be able to work not only in London, but um, in Germany and Frankfurt for a good amount of time and South Africa, which I absolutely loved. Wow. Um, and literally the day I landed from South Africa, I got an email that, can you come and interview to work at a FinTech? And I was like, interesting, um, through PwC. And I, I was like, okay, interesting, let's see how it goes. Um, and it was amazing. Like I got my first kind of experience through the secondment, um, working at a fintech, understanding what fintech is. Is it all jeans and ta table tennis tables or like how do you actually build a bank from scratch? Um, and it was a great experience. I really enjoyed it. And that kind of, I guess, um, in 
was the first step that made me inquisitive about what does it mean to apply modern age technology to financial services to democratize products and services for people. Um, so from that moment, I just tried to get as startup adjacent and as fintech adjacent as possible within PwC, finished that's the convent, came back um, and then ran our fintech accelerator for about a year where I was working with B2B fintech founders, um, connecting them to people at corporates um, that wanted to utilize their technology. So again, a lot of skills around project management, partnerships, strategy. Um, and then I knew that PwC um, was not going to become a fintech. So <laughs> eventually I had to take the leap and um, the company I'm at now, luckily I met them through, through whilst I was at PwC and just built that relationship, sustained it. Um, and when they said they had a sales position, I was like, oh my God, sales really? Um, but I, yeah, I really gelled with the team and I, I could see the vision of what they were trying to do and felt like it was going to be a great move. And it has been. Wow. That is, that is, I've got so much follow-up questions. Okay. You said sales, right? You, you cringed a little bit there. So is it a typical sales role or is it, and when I say typical, I mean, like, is it like you're just literally, it's just target, target, target focus rather than maybe, I don't know, outcome focus. I guess you can describe to me. Yeah. Like, how I you think feel about it. It's interesting. I like a lot of people have preconceptions about sales. Maybe they see like Wolf of Wall Street and they mm -hmm. think of that like shouting and mis-selling people. Maybe they think of financial crisis and then they think of like, um, mortgage-backed security. Like they just have like all these different perceptions of mis-selling or sales, particularly in financial services. Um, and I guess working in tech sales or fintech sales as I am now, I actually really love it. Um, it's like B2B sales, it's long-term sales, and it's basically being a consultant, but like having a clearer end goal. Like um, it's all about understanding your client, understanding their motivations, um, a lot of it is about building a relationship with someone people as you know like people will buy things from you if because of how you make them feel so what is the narrative what is the story you want to tell them um how do you portray the urgency of them to buy this thing same way you think about consumers but what i love about b2b is you're always speaking to people in a company um that you just have to work out like how do i make the, what makes this person tick and um how do I position this into a way that's favorable to them um yeah I really enjoy it and actually um yeah I think luckily I'm in a sales role that isn't like gun to your head like um meet this target or else and actually yeah for the people who are maybe interested in going into the space those are the kind of questions you should ask like um you do, yeah you want to make sure you know what you're getting into because they can be very different elsewhere yeah 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 it is it is i think sales um even at, at my company sales is a little bit different they, they always say to us don't force it which is very interesting it's the it first time i came across a company and it sounds like your company is, is very similar they're thinking more about the long term which i think is very important right you're mm -hmm. not just trying to you know if it doesn't work for the i think i see a lot online where it's like trying to constantly trying to convince people yeah when they're just clearly like look a bad customer will cause you more pain in the yeah. long term <laughs> especially if you're doing tech sales and it's about integration yeah. and it's about like a long-term partnership yeah. a bad customer you'll be crying that you even <laughs> agree to it and i know that from like even the side hustle things that i do that some some 
partnerships are just never worth it. Like if you're pushing that hard, definitely like show energy, show up, persuade. But if you're pushing really hard, maybe just stop to check sometimes and be like, is this my ideal target client? Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. What about fintech grabs you? Wow, I think... Um, I, as I was saying at the beginning, like, I think I'm really excited about, um, how technology can be used in financial services to drive financial inclusion. I think everyone says a selection of those words nowadays, but essentially what I mean by that is, yeah, thinking about modern technology that we have and how it can be used to enable more people to have access to financial products and services. So in the wealth management space, that looks like, using the latest technology so that people can have an investing app in their phone so that they, if you want to buy one Tesla share, you can open your phone and do that. And actually you can give that to someone or actually you can hold on to it for the next 10 years and see that appreciate. Um, not saying it will, don't everyone go and buy Tesla, but whatever you're like, just the, the ability that we can do that today and that many years ago, especially when we talk about black people, we put, we didn't even have access to those things. And actually, um, for me, FinTech is about the disintermediation of, um, of financial services saying that you don't have to go through, uh, 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 go, you don't have to go in person somewhere that you don't have to go through, um, someone who may have discrimination against you is about using tech to kind of level the playing field so that everyone has access to the products and services that suit them. Um, and a good example of fintech is literally just like an ATM. Like before they used to be like bank tellers who would literally be like, okay, how much money do you want? Oh, you want 200 pounds? Let me count 200 pounds. How inefficient and how painful for that person. Whereas now what we're talking about is like apps and APIs and open banking and all of this technology is actually all about transparency, visibility, um, and giving people access to stuff that's essentially theirs, their data and their money, but just utilizing it better. Yeah, yeah. It is, uh, I, I think FinTech definitely has an important role to play in the UK, especially the UK. I was, because I'm in technology as well, and sometimes I think, ah, oh, the UK is behind the US in terms of technology as a whole. But fintech, it seems like we're really flourishing. I don't know if it's because of the financial services. We're really good in that aspect. Um, so it is it is very interesting. Um, but what what do you think the, the future of fintech is going to be? <laughs> Sorry about that. Something straight yeah. there. No, no, it's all right. Don't worry. I just said it Febreze. out. Febreze. Febreze was like, yeah. yes, plus one on that. <laughs> You know what? At first, when I first heard that, I never actually knew what that was, and yeah. and then yeah, but yeah, I guess it's to uh, they uh, want to keep this room smelling that. <laughs> we appreciate. Yeah, um, we appreciate. Future of fintech was the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry about that. No. Worries. Um. So yeah, what do you what do you think the the future of fintech will will be in the the UK? So I think that I'm excited for fintech to become so intrinsic to what people do and to meet um there's a phrase that's set by angela strange um who's a partner and jason horowitz a venture capital firm and she says that every company will be a fintech company and i'm so excited for fintech to be embedded to be seamless to be at the point of need for people like you and me everyday consumers and i think a good example of that is like buy now pay later it has its pros and cons but it's meeting you at the point of need right you're about to buy for me like I bought a house last year. Like you buy a really expensive sofa, but you can afford it. But you're just like, let me 
put it into four separate payments um, and spread it across four months. And actually it's meeting you at the point of need because it's you're not saying you need to go to your bank and apply for this kind of um, loan. You're, it's meeting you at the point that you want to buy that sofa. So I'm excited to see more examples of embedded finance across financial services. Um, you could say, why can't I, for instance, like the credit card I use instead of saving up points as cash why can't I invest that cash and let it accumulate why can't I there's so many examples of embedding financial services into our existing habits that could be really exciting and um I'm excited for that as well whether it's like could you round up into your investments could you those kind of things that I think will enable more democratization of financial services um, and more inclusion as well because sometimes people don't know the terminology of I want to invest in this fund, but they will know, okay, put this money away and it will accumulate over time if you're not if you're willing to not touch it in the next five years. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um it's interesting. There was something that I was thinking um literally just before I think when I um I started investing like about five years ago and originally um it was one of the I don't want to say their name, but it was one of the older type of fund managers, let's say. Um, and then I wanted to start investing in, in the US like about three years ago. And then another big fund manager allowed you to do that, but it was so expensive. I was yeah. like, it's almost not worth it. And then recently, I guess over the last two, three years, you now have these fee-free apps yeah. that now allow you to invest in the US. Of course, you've got some like fees, but lower fees than these bigger, um, larger established ones. And I feel like that's now made people more interested in um, investing and encourage us to be, to to become investors. So I feel like apps like that have, like you said, democratized investing. Yeah. Right. You no longer have to go to these big Stuffy. fund managers yeah, exactly. and pay expensive fees and not have an app. You can actually do it on your app, put in one pound and then yeah. you're investing you can do it on your journey home from work you don't exactly. have to go into an office somewhere and feel intimidated by their building or how the people treat you it's like bringing it again to the point of need and however you want to do it and definitely you still need to do your research and see where the fees are actually hitting you but i completely agree yeah it's definitely it's definitely it's definitely changed a lot um and um it's so interesting because i never i never have cash on me <laughs> oh i don't know why why anybody does I don't understand why some businesses still don't take mm. cards, but I never have cash on me ever. I don't see. If someone asked me to sketch a ten pound <laughs> note, honestly, I can't even remember what they look like. Really, really, honestly, it's crazy, isn't it? Like to think that these days, where you have your apps on your phone, you can transfer money, you can have your card on your phone. Yeah, why you would even think about still asking for cash like you almost don't even need to take your card anymore because yeah, you, you've just, got contactless um it's it's accelerated so much and but then then there's you know then there's an advent of where is too far sometimes um you know with with the contactless i think some of the arguments against it is that yeah it's great you don't have to have your card but that encourages too much spending because it's just tap 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 yeah tap 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 um, so on that point, where do you see like improvements in the fintech industry? It's a great question. I think that as you've just alluded to, it always comes down to your individual financial habits and whatever the tech is, whether it's cash or Apple Pay or 
whatever it is, if you have bad financial habits, they will, I think they will seep through somehow, whether you just always spend the money that's in your purse or you'll just be hitting that 100 pound Apple Pay limit all the time. Um, I think that's why it's really important important for people to think about what are my financial goals, not compared to anyone else, but what am I trying to achieve and how can I use technology maybe to help me be more disciplined, whether it's having like a standing um, order that goes into a different bank account. So you're always saving money away or use utilizing. I know some people utilize apps like um, and companies like Monzo to manage their money a bit better because of the transparency and the kind of real time notifications, but whatever it works for you, make sure you have that kind of system in place. I think is really important. Um, so I'm excited to see FinTech uh, go even further to support people to build good financial habits. Like, I've always said, like, I love the EdTech angle. I would love to see the likes of Mondo et al. do even more around EdTech and um, informing people about financial services and the products they are getting and um, the T's and C's in a more engaging way. Um, and also, I'm excited to see FinTech become more social. Um, I think generally okay. your financial services have been quite individualized at the moment. It's like, how much do you spend? Here is your bank statement. But imagine if they could be a bit more predictive. They could say, actually, we've noticed that every month you buy these things. Why not set this up as a subscription? And you can click here to do that. Or actually, we've noticed that um, this is how much you spend on bills. So this much is investable cash. Here, click here to invest immediately in a multi-asset fund. Those kind of things. I'm excited for more um, in like, yeah, predictive, intuitive, um, really starting enabling people to have a relationship with their money and um, user, utilizing technology to do so as well. Plus there are trends like, um, ESG and thinking about um, how the environment and social governance um, and basically the climate impacts people and how they want to do their investing or um, manage how they spend their money as well. So there's loads of really exciting trends. Um, and I think there's definitely room for improvement. And we haven't even spoken about like diversity of the fintech or the tech industry generally as well. Yeah, yeah. Fintech is so, is so um, it is such, a in, it's such an interesting thing. And I think what you mentioned Sounds like AI and machine learning will help a lot with um, the predictive um, analysis. I know like AI and uh, machine learning is definitely like a buzzword that's going to be chasing us for like the next five to 10 years. I know it's more on the vehicles. Everybody's excited about that, but it's just cars, right? Like, okay, yeah, it'll, it'll help the environment. Definitely. Like it, you know, I don't think we'll become carbon neutral because of it, but I think it would help there. But I think it would definitely have a better impact on personal finance like you were mentioning but what was it, what was the diversity that you were mentioning did you, did you mean from perspective of like founders people working i think it's in in those companies or was it something else i think it's all of the above to be honest um i think that as someone working in the fintech industry now i think that um i think that and i see that um Diversity is not great um, when you bring two not only male dominated, but um, not very diverse industries like tech and financial services together. The baby is not very pretty either. <laughs> so therefore, um, it's very rare for me to go to all of these fintech or wealth management events and see many other black people or many other women. Um, so I'm excited for strides to happen in that space. And I'm really excited for people to 
yeah, to come into this space and disrupt and bring new ideas. Because what ends up happening is that if you don't have these people working in this these industries, then how can they build businesses in them? Um, so therefore, 3% of venture capital goes to female founders in fintech. You don't even want to hear the stats for black people. It's literally less than 1%. It's yeah. like 0.1. Yeah. Um, and that's even probably mostly at the pre-seed, seed, like super early stage startup level. So I think there's so much room for diversity at the kind of um, business side and startup and innovation, but also not everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. So also the people working in the industry, like um, I'm excited to see more startups care about getting diverse talent in, into their offices. Yeah, it's, um, I've noticed that throughout my career in technology, I've also been in financial services. I'll never say I, I've been in fintech like you have, because I've been in the old school, <laughs> <laughs> the old the old school finance. Um, but yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that even. I've seen that throughout my whole career, actually, my eight year career. That um, is is far and few far and few between, which is which is a bit sad because it's not that they're not studying finance and they're not studying technology. They're just not finding. Um, their way there um which is frustrating at times right because because what because it's so i i feel like if you get in now you have such a good opportunity to get into something that could definitely revolutionize the way we we do things and i feel like it's at that stage um technology is always just gonna it's only gonna improve over time but i think mm-hmm. We're definitely at that point where it's like it's almost taken over the world, really. So on that basis, how what would your advice be to somebody if they wanted to into break into the fintech industry? Um, I think the first step is just researching, learning more. Fintech is super broad. Like there's wealth management, there's banking, there's insurance. It's so broad. So just read about um, areas that interest you, sign up to a couple of fintech newsletters, go on Twitter, follow some fintech people. Um, If you're enjoying content like this, then just read and absorb, but also go out there, go to networking events, meet people. Um, I speak so often to people who are in financial services and want to move into fintech and um, it's not a complete other world. Like people will appreciate the skills that you have. Many of it, are, many of them will be transferable. And same for tech people trying to move into fintech. Like remove the jargon, you can still do a lot of what we need to get done. Um, so I think yeah, there's learning, being inquisitive, and then beyond anything, just building your network and getting out there. One thing that I think actually also drew me to fintech is that people love um, proactivity and hunger and change, and because you're at the crux of innovation people love seeing people who are hungry and willing to learn and startups love that energy yeah yeah i think that i think that is definitely very sound advice and i think like any any anything that you want to do is just about like research and like you said networking networking it sounds seems to be the most important thing because all you have to do is just get your, your foot in the door once you get your foot in the door then you're able to I feel like you're able to to do it and you, you apply yourself and you work hard. Yeah. Um, what, what what are your plans? I, I, I don't want to, you know, in terms of, you know, but like what are you thinking in terms of the future? Um, you, you mentioned that you do a side hustle actually. 
What was are you able to say what those side yes. hustles? Yeah. Um so multiple different side hustles. But the main things I do is I run a community and business helping women earn more and be more confident. So it's called the Now You're Talking Network. We run networking events, workshops. We have one this Thursday. Um, on actually building passive wealth so we do a range of kind of personal and career development topics um and yeah and I've run that ever since I've started in the corporate world to be honest um it's been really good way for me to meet people outside of my day job um do the kind of community building um yeah we started off as a whatsapp group and now we have a mailing list of almost a thousand women we have like a co-working space where we host events um yeah super super fun and I really enjoy it um and then we do like workshops for startups and companies as well around topics like personal branding imposter syndrome and things like that um and then yeah generally just do like public speaking um working with young people um sit on the board of girl guiding which is the charity like the guides um similar to scouts but the girls version okay um so that's really good and i get to spend a lot of time thinking about it's literally the largest uk charity for women um so really interesting working on like their financials and their strategy and the digital digital transformation journey that they're going on as well um and do some part-time lecturing at imperial business school on fintech so it's really great to be able to talk to people about um yeah fintech and hear about people's applications and how they're thinking about applying fintech to the outside of financial services as well because that will be super cool yeah and i think when you when you keep your your ears to the ground um i feel like you learn more about what people want yeah as well and how the world has changed because that's where it comes from right exactly it's not always you can be so siloed into exactly. like or everyone knows what this is, but actually, no. <laughs> ask your mom, like, does your mom know what that is? Or ask your um, niece that's like 10 or something. Like being, I guess, close to people outside of your bubble is really good as well. Yeah, it definitely does help you to just think a bit broader um, because sometimes the best ideas doesn't always come from the companies and they're not always the one innovating. Sometimes it's them going back to actually what do people need? What are people struggling with? Yeah. And then we innovate from that. So it's very interesting. Wow. You're so, (laughs) so busy. You're so busy. And in terms of like career wise, what's the plan? Plan there. Um, I really love what I'm doing right now. I, I really enjoy sales. I love doing the things on the side. I'm just always optimizing for continuous learning, improvement. Um, Yeah, I'd love to run my own fintech one day. Don't know what that looks like right now, Mm -hmm. um, but watch this space. Um, But yeah, always just passionate about learning, meeting people um, and yeah, working with startups. I really enjoy that, um, wherever that might take me. um, yeah, I'm probably looking, I feel like I'm, I'm quite restless. So I, I feel like I could like move country maybe. Um, so yeah, watch the space maybe. <laughs> You're quite restless. So you might move country. Yeah. I'm just restless. like, it's cold here sometimes. <laughs> apart from when we have a heat wave. Yeah. Apart from when we have a heat wave and it hits 40 degrees. Which doesn't um, make no sense. Yeah, yeah. It's cold. So I, I feel like I could be persuaded to go to a warmer climate soon yeah yeah um i think that's i think that's a good idea um we're we're planning that the wife and i are planning that yeah well it's not happened yet but we the idea is it might come to fruition (laughs) yeah yeah. and we're thinking as well hot i said if i'm moving it has to be hot i'm not moving to another cold country it doesn't make no sense right exactly why are you gonna move to go to you might as well 
live somewhere nice. It's got a beach, oh. nice weather, right? Best standard of living. Yeah, I'm envisioning it right now. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, there was something actually I saw on um your Twitter. It was something very interesting um when you were mentioning um about salaries, and I think it was in relation to somebody tweeting that I think they said oh something was about... it 40 to 800k something ridiculous yeah. and then, oh guys come, come to me and yeah. you know, get advice and blah, blah blah and you were like it's not all about the money can you can you talk me through that that situation or that tweet yeah sure I think I know exactly what tweet you're referring to I think someone was just talking about like they wrote a fake tweet about like come and work in tech I just got my first job in tech and I earn 800k and then she was just like sharing um all of the dms she was getting that people were like um oh my god how did you get a job straight out of uni and it's 800k and it was she was like this is so ridiculous like people are just don't even know what tech is but they're chasing money um and I guess I would say like the reason why I like quote tweeted that is just like just stop and think and like as you said, tech is going to become mainstream. It is already kind of mostly mainstream. Um, for me, what excites me about working in tech is being at the frontier of innovation. It's about working with smart people who want to solve real world problems. Um, and that's what draws me is the money is great, but I mean, that's why it's exciting because you're innovating, you're building things that don't exist. Um, and you're really taking industries and spinning them on their heads and saying actually if I could rebuild this with the tech that exists today this is how I would do it and that's what's cool about working in tech it's not because you want to just add tech to your Twitter profile it's because it's really fun and you get to work with smart people and do so in a way that it's like reinventing the future of work as well yeah I completely agree I think I think there's too many things going out there where it's, oh, six figure with tech. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you can get that, but you can get six figures with a, a oh, lot of yeah. jobs, right? It's not just technology. Um, you can get six figures in other industries. And I agree. I think it's about finding what your passion is. Otherwise, you're just going to hate it. No matter if you get the money, you're just going to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I don't feel alive. You have to do something I feel that makes you feel alive. And you clearly have have that drive and passion for it. And, you, and I think you'll make a change. Um no, it's been it's been such a great conversation um, today. Wanted to understand. So, what do you have planned next? So, you said that you've got an event on Thursday. How often do you do the events? We're doing events? them monthly at the moment. Okay. Um, we'll take a break in August because a girl needs a holiday and sleep. <laughs> um, but then we'll be back. Um, and yeah, I'm excited. Enjoy hosting events, attending them, and bringing people together, especially in person. Now that we can as well. Yeah. Um, have you got anything else planned? I know you got August break, September. Yeah, going on holiday. Um, personally or professionally? Professionally and personally. Yeah. Um. Wow. <laughs> uh. No, I think so much going on in terms of like yeah, sales and trying to adjust the startup life and um make sure I make a big impact there. Um. And then yeah, enjoy the community building, letting the community evolve listening to our members and seeing what else we can launch um yeah I'm really I enjoy the topics we get to talk about for um, everything's like personal branding salary negotiation even just exploring like working in tech because tech is so broad it can be like software engineer to product manager to sales to 
customer success like it's so broad so we have those types of conversations as well so i look forward to exploring that more um and yeah it should be a fun ride like if those things are interesting people should just reach out yeah yeah definitely um reach out to mary if you are interested in that i think quite a few of my listeners are obviously they're interested in finance um and by virtue of that maybe fintech as well um where can people find you actually they did want to reach out Yes, um, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Mary Abbasamwa, or I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Millennial Mary A. Um, Millennial Mary A, just in case I don't want anyone to miss I'll that. Put it, I'll, put the, um, I'll put your link uh, yeah, your, in you know the description as well. Um, yeah, I'm very open to always have conversations with people if you've got a clear ask and yeah. Great, 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 great. And do you have any uh, final words for the listeners? No, I've really enjoyed the conversation. Um, yeah, come and work in tech and more specifically <laughs> fintech. And yeah, <laughs> and make sure you're passionate about it. Yeah, don't just well, come right. for the six figures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not about the six figures, even though that is enticing. Even when you get there, it's just going to be like, what next, right? So yeah. you have to really, um, I think you really have to think about what you want to do and what you want to achieve in life and what I guess success means to you. For you, it's, it seems like you want to change the world. Um, you want to make a change to society, you want to leave um, a lasting impact. Um, yeah. Would would you say that's an accurate description? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to start walking around and being like, I want to change the world <laughs> and scare people. It sounds cliche, but like that is, that is kind of what you're yeah. doing, right? You're enabling. I mean, I'm not saving lives, but <laughs> I'm changing You the world. never know. <laughs> yeah, true. There's, we could sure probably do a study could, on this stuff, yeah. you know, because... You know, financial well-being like literally financial stress is the number one cause of stress of adults in the uk people so. do commit suicide yeah um, so yeah i i could create some kind of tenuous link to be like yeah i'm saving lives i mean it look <laughs> okay okay maybe, maybe we're going i should a bit also crazy get 20 percent of nando's or whatever they get yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's crazy no it's because it made me think of like years ago a very sad story of a of a guy um he he committed suicide because oh, wow. of, um, and I'll put a tag actually before I say this situation, because I think he did some trade and he lost, lost a, a lot of money. money and yeah. And a lot of people do over the, over situations like that. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they can get a lot of support with that. Um, I think when you are in, a, in the hole that deep, you just think, okay, you owe, owe people what, Look, people are not going to want you to die. Especially in this country. This country has, yeah, like support beyond support. Yeah. For whatever you need. So, um, yeah, ask for it and ask some more. Yeah. (laughs) Not that obviously we're encouraging you to write off stuff. Of course, if you can afford it. Yeah. But But if you need it. Yeah. The support is available. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it's been great. It's been great having this conversation with you, Mary. It's been very insightful. Hopefully we can get you in the future when you're a, a bit less... Um, busier um, thanks again uh, to listeners and watchers uh, for listening to this episode of Takeoff Experience and we'll see you next week you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need Viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.